2: Flick, <music>
3: Hello, Brayden Harrington here with a special show. Yes, this is Up Next. Yes, we can be your your NXT friends and your Dynamates and all that, but we we do other things here on this show, and that's talk about movies and TV shows and pop culture. Well, a movie came out this week that uh, I once upon a time ago said I would review if this movie uh, is in fact real. And, well... I promised this man that we would do this together. And that is why I'm joined by a uh, friend of the show, Mr. Host of Shot in the Dark and Turning Heels, my friend and yours, Mr. John Sino. Hello, good sir.
2: Hey, what's going Your resident hey. Angelo here. <laughs> hey oh hey hey oh hey if you if you would have got anybody else to do this show except me, I would have been deeply offended and I would have made sure that you would have had a horse's head in your bed and you would have <laughs> slept with the, slept with the fishes and somewhere <laughs> in the the waters of Toronto.
3: I could not do a soprano show and not have on someone who is I'm sorry ninety nine percent Sicilian. <laughs>
2: Yes. Yes. We <laughs> up, updated it. Not hundred percent anymore. Uh, 99%. Yes.
3: Well, that's close enough. That's close enough. Yes. During the, the pandemic, the Sopranos was my show, was my pandemic show. We all, we all had that. Some one thing we never watched or, or did in, while stuck inside. So I got HBO. We don't have HBO max up here. We got crave, which is like the Canadian version or whatever. So uh, they added the Sopranos. So I decided to to do the whole show and I was, messaging you back and forth and i mentioned it on some some shows as well that i was watching it and uh then you 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 told me that they were making a movie like kind of after the fact like a prequel with some different actors and stuff so i was like oh that sounds cool and then it it like got made and then they pushed it back a bunch but now here we are uh so obviously you're a big fan of the sopranos because you're you're fbi you're full-blooded
2: I'm full-blooded Italian. When I, when I grew up, you have to understand, like in my household, when it was like Christmas time, we didn't sit around and watch like, you know, It's a Wonderful Life. We watched The Godfather. That was like, <laughs> I swear to God, every holiday, Easter, Thanksgiving, it's either The Godfather 1 or Godfather 2 or Goodfellas. That's all we watched. So when this show came out in 99, I was 14 years old. It was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. And we literally made it like a weekly event. Me, my brothers, my cousins, my friends, we'd watch this religiously every single week. This is before DVR. And you know, I'm showing my age here. We watched this live on HBO. And when the up until 2007, when I was 22, like I literally grew up watching this show. Um, and the finale was like an event. It was like a Super Bowl party. We came over. We had people. We had drinks. We had everything. And uh, that finale, we can talk about that at some point. But that was, oh, my God, the way it ended. Um you know it, it left us wanting more and we finally did get more uh years later years years later maybe not what, a, what we expected but we did get something
3: yeah 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 we're going to go through it i mean first of all sopranos family viewing just sounds like a great family show for all the kids everyone uh, well it's it's i i can see i'm not italian but uh I'm Portuguese half Portuguese and my super Portuguese side of the family I definitely relate during different things throughout the show uh you know uh what is it waste management and uh the docks and things like that pork chops can get up to no good too they like trouble too <laughs> but nowhere near as fun because you guys got ZD. so I mean uh <laughs>
2: Just to hear people talk like the same way that I would hear my, my family and my, my parents and my uncles, like we literally talk just like this, not to the extent, but right. like a lot of the words that they would say like would be things that I would never hear outside of my house. So to hear it like nationally broadcast on TV and now we're at an age where like Sopranos is getting memed all the time. and people are saying things, they have no idea what they're even saying, but I know these terms. Like I grew up right. with these terms. So it's cool to see, like it kind of be like um, established in a, a, a popularity like that. Everybody knows now.
3: It's, it's totally this huge pop culture. The reason I, I, I would remember it, it would be on TV reruns uh, on TV on different other channels, but I never could just jump in because I really wouldn't know what was going on. So a lot of my friends would be like, oh, man, you're sleeping on The Sopranos. Definitely got to watch it. So again, it took me a long time. And then finally, when I jumped in, like, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely got it. Uh, Obviously, this is a spoiler heavy show. I would imagine anyone who watches The Many Saints of Newark has watched The Sopranos, or you might a not know what's so. going on, or B just be like, wait, well, that's Yeah, it's spoiled. They spoiler everything. for you within the first five
2: minutes. They spoil pretty much all the major things that happen.
3: Yeah. So again, spoilers here, or maybe you don't care, or maybe you are a Soprano super fan, and that's why you're listening to it. But thanks. But yeah, Cino, you you saying all these these like catchphrases and things because like, hey, oh, hey, hey, oh, that's obviously a thing that 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 they do throughout the show and the movie. Here we we see where Tony picks it up. What other what are some of these other things? Now, don't get me in trouble here. I want to be able to say some of these things like uh, like like I heard we've heard it in wrestling. Fugazi, you're a fugazi,
2: fugazi. That's somebody who's fake, somebody who's who's not being real. It's funny because what a lot of the terms that I would hear growing up, I didn't even know what they truly meant till I watched this show. For example, I'm not going to say any names, get anybody in trouble. But the word Kuma, when they would say that. To me growing up, that was always like Gomade, which is like a godmother or like a friend of the family. <laughs> I didn't realize till this show that Goma is pretty much your side chick, your mistress. mistress. So I had a lot of uncles that had Gomas. I didn't know who they were. So years later. So now like, if you think back about oh it, like, my Oh my God. God, you know, Maria wasn't a family friend. She wasn't my godmother. She was the girl on the side. So Jeez. yeah, that's, that's one term. Uncle um,
3: Sino getting into some trouble back in the day. Oh my
2: God. Yeah. yeah. So like so many terms, they would say, um, a lot of things they would say like gagoots, like, like a lot of things would be like food oriented, like yeah. like th- things like like eggplants, uh, squash, like just like terms of zucchini, like things like that they would use right. as like nicknames. Some were very offensive. Some of were not. Um, unfortunately, growing up, I, I did hear a lot of offensive things. It didn't register for me like when you're a kid. Um Like, I know a lot of people didn't mean, like, harm by the things that they would say, just like the way that they were raised in a way. And it's unfortunate now. And fortunately for me, like, my my dad wasn't like that. So he didn't really, like, say that. But I would hear it from, like, uncles or relatives and things like that. It wouldn't register to years later. I was like, that's some really fucked up shit um, that they would say. Yeah, yeah. And we saw a lot of this in the show. Obviously, there's a lot of like racial tensions uh, growing up, um, being Italian and, and kind of warm with other races and factions. It's, it's unfortunate, but um, it's the reality of it. And this really like went into the roots of why they might have said certain things on The Sopranos and why they felt certain ways. We actually pretty much find out the gist of it by watching this prequel.
3: That is true. This movie definitely kind of you could there's there's an argument today where you could you could watch this movie and go, wow, they made The Sopranos woke. They made uh, Candyman Woke. You know what I mean? Like they keep that. You you could argue that they're doing that. They're Joe gacy everything. No, but like this movie, actually, if you've watched the show, there is certain things. Uh, Again, it is it is a fake. It's a show. So, of course, whenever Tony ever said things you would, you either laugh because he was saying something that was funny or lighthearted or like re- like feeling with him. Or there's times when you're like, wow, you are a piece of shit and I shouldn't like you. Um, I I I got a lot of friends on The Sopranos after I kind of finished it during the pandemic. I was like, oh, if you got craved, like fuck, if you never watched it, watch it. And a few of my friends would message me and be like, man, this guy's an asshole. And then like the next day be like, wow, the Christopher's an asshole. Well, this no one's, I think the only person on the show completely it, not still not innocent, but Silvio seems to be the the true like yeah uh, like he he sees he sees all he he gives you the truth he's he's honest I don't know uh, yeah who, he's who he's,
2: he's like the mediator in a way he's like the guy that kind of like always has reasoning um you're right I mean he obviously isn't a saint shout shout himself
3: to, I mean shout out Steve Vanzant um uh, but the boss the guitar is a guitar player I forget yeah guitar, guitar player. player for yeah, for
2: yeah. Bruce yeah. yeah but like Sopranos came out at a time where like nobody really questioned it if you try to do Sopranos now it would not fly at all right and like you said like this movie did kind of wake it in a way because I'll, I'll say it straight up like one of the main characters was a black actor and that didn't fly at all in the original show like we would that wouldn't even be like something that you would even think of and they totally did it in this movie they did it really in a great way but like the way when it came out it was like not i want to say perfect timing because there's a lot of things that wouldn't fly today but um it came out in a time where people didn't really question it and I would feel bad for somebody watching it now hearing all the hype of the movie and trying to watch it and not really connecting with it. Cause there's a lot of offensive things that they did, but um, yeah. it's based on a life that is very offensive. I mean, this is people that kill for a living. So it's like, don't expect them to be like guarding. Nice angels. people. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Cause everyone on the show. So like even Carmela in, in a way does, ends up doing things. You're like, okay, like what, she's probably the most innocent. She got like the short end of the stick, but she's reaping all the benefits. She's, you know, so there is, like it's the same with breaking bad, right? You people always compare Walter White and Skylar and it's like, yeah, well, I, I genuinely just did not like Skylar. Carmela has the likability factor for me. Um, yeah. I, I, I love watching the show and, and um, obviously a lot of the actors are no longer like in this movie because like, it's supposed to be a prequel and stuff. But, um, other than like, obviously Tony, what are some, some of your, your characters that stick with you or, or certain parts or just anything uh, specific? Because just before this, I was like, Oh, I got to quickly put on like a best of kind of video or something on YouTube to kind of get me. And a lot of it was Pauly and Polly yeah. to me is like, man, he has some, the, the Polly promo on snakes is a five-star promo pipe bomb promo on snakes uh
2: love that stuff Um, to me it was always christopher christopher Christopher. (laughs) you always always made me laugh because christopher reminded me of like my brothers and my cousins all merge into one with like the way that he would say things and the way he would mess things up. Like the one episode where he's like trying to pitch a show. And he's like, it's just like law and order SUV. Like it's SVU, but obviously he didn't say it right. But like things like that would happen all the time. And just like his characteristic and like just being off the hedge and everything. I loved him. Um, I I love Paulie Walnuts, obviously Silvio um furio doesn't get enough love he was the guy oh. that like came in and, and messed things up with carmela that he disappeared and went back to the mountains of sicily you know and never wh- seen again. like
3: one of the best moments i thought was uh was when uh, like furio it's he's he's with tony and there's a propeller right
2: okay yes and,
3: and furio is just like you you know he's thinking about something and you're like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? And then, then that's when he like decides to disappear. And like, yo, that actor
2: isn't in that many movies. He should be in a lot more. He's Furio. Yeah. To me, when I whenever I watched that, I always thought, like, this guy's not an actor. This guy's like an actual, like, mafia. Yeah. So they brought it. And that has been done a lot. If you go back and watch, like, Goodfellas and Godfather, a lot of those guys aren't actors. They're legit yeah. uh, guys that have connections that they used. Um, Junior always, like, even though he was an asshole, I always thought hate Junior was entertaining. Hate, yeah,
3: hate him. this
2: this movie had like really like Batman begins, uh, uh, I guess, uh, shades for the characters like junior, like find out how they became like super villains in a way. Um, but yeah, he was a character that kind of always made me laugh. But uh, everybody from the show, like, just always stood out to me. There wasn't, like, any character that I could say, like, I hated on the show.
3: Yeah, like, Christopher and Paulie Pau- were definitely my favorite. And that's why I definitely love the episode where they're together. And that was the Barons something. Yeah, that's that, like one of the best
2: episodes. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's clearly one of the interior decorator. That's one of the best episodes. But there's also, like, the the movie premiere when he finally gets his movie made. And, like, it's shit. But, like, everyone's like, fuck it. You did it anyways. Uh, I also love when they go to, is it Italy? uh, When they get, when they like pretty much pick up Furio. um, Yep. When when Chris goes off the bin, like off the end and gets into the drugs and stuff. Christopher was one you could like feel for as well. Uh, Definitely one of my favorite. And that actor, I know he's got a podcast doing the Soprano stuff.
2: Yeah, Um, it's funny because you said that during the pandemic, you went ahead and watched it. I was trying to do that because there was an actual podcast there with uh, Michael Imperioli, who plays Christopher, and the actor that plays Bobby Bacolodz. Both of them doing a podcast together, and they're still doing it. I just checked it. They're up to like episode 80 at this point. So I did kind of want to revisit the show and kind of listen to it as a companion piece, especially after watching this movie. My first thought was I need to go back and watch the show now because not that it's a bad taste in my mouth, but it it made me want to like kind of like – watch the show and kind of pick up anything that I might not have picked up the first time just by yeah. like having some information from the show
3: yeah uh that's why i'm definitely just like hey what did you like from the show uh know, what <laughs> are, uh, yeah cuz i watching some things and kind of remembering things and then watching the movie and trying to be like oh man like the, the uh, pussy the character pussy uh yep. when he finally when they got a when they figure shit out and they take him out on the boats to go uh, sleep with the fishes that's that episode is is pretty awesome um there's there's definitely a lot of them that i would watch even if i don't go back and rewatch the whole show because it is quite a long show but there's certain episodes that i definitely would would go and and put on because i i feel with um and 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 not that this movie didn't necessarily like uh feel so much like sopranos but i can see why people might not like this movie uh as much as maybe they were hoping to be but at the same time it's like what were you expecting acting because yeah i mean none of these james, actors are in-
2: <laughs> well james gandolfini passed away unfortunately so you could never do a proper sequel to this or a second part or whatever so what else can you do about a prequel now what i do want them to do is what i think they set up at this end of this movie which is the story of tony soprano which this is just like a teaser of it and now it didn't hit me till like the movie started where i'm like oh my god it makes perfect sense but the, the title Many Saints literally translates to Multisanti. Yeah. Which is like the last name. So it hit me. like When I, when we hear like the narration from Christopher, I'm like, oh, my God, this is not a Tony Soprano movie. This is a Multisanti movie based on Dickie, which is like this character that we'd always hear about on the show, but we never saw him whatsoever, the father of um, Christopher. Chris. But it's really important because this is the person that basically made Tony Soprano. So you kind of have to tell this story first before you go into it. To me, I, I compare it to kind of like a Joker Batman scenario where you have a Joker movie and you need Joker in order to set up Batman. So in a way you need a Dicky Moltisanti in order to set up Tony Soprano. So If they continue this and the kid that plays him is his son. He's 22 years old. He's literally the perfect age to actually tell a Sopranos movie or even a show. I personally would have preferred this would have been a show because you could have started the first season about the Dickie stuff and then transition into the Tony Soprano stuff. Because this is stuff we want to see. We want to see Tony meeting with Paulie and and Silvio and, and running, you know, making his way through the ranks. That's the story that people want. But I feel like this story, even though it might not have been taken well we needed this first before we could tell the Tony story proper
3: yeah yeah no that's very fair because it definitely makes me go okay well wait because I want to see Tony and and yeah half this movie is like set and I think in 1967 and then it goes forward a few years and that is when you see more of Tony not just as like a little kid when you actually see uh, Gandolfini's actual son playing Tony which is yeah. What's his name? Michael. M-
2: Michael Gandolfini. Yeah, he looks just like his dad. It's crazy.
3: Wow. Um, right off the bat, like before jumping into this is like, yeah, he was probably one of my favorite parts about this. Um, this kid must have watched The Sopranos back before doing this movie, because he, I know it's your dad.
2: Yeah, he yeah. said he ne- he never saw it until he got this movie role. Yeah, he never yeah. saw the show, so he went back and watched every episode. He
3: ha- he had to have re- like right before filming this, or people had to tell him th- certain things he was doing with his like face and his reactions that yes, only his actual father was doing on this show. And it's just yeah, uh, right off the bat, this kid uh, amazing. He could he could go down like remember Ice Cube's kid. He did uh, N.W.A. He's done some right. other things, and I know he's mm-hmm. got some things on the way. But he kind of he kind of was chilling for a while he wasn't doing too much Uh, i do i'm a huge fan of it. i thought he nailed it as ice cube but how weird of it when you're playing your dad who's super famous and then it's kind of the same thing here but you're playing your dad who's known for tony soprano so just what a um amazing thing to be able to do uh in his like honor and everything but the kid kid was great but he's unfortunately only halfway through this so you what you're saying is they should take this kid this actor and let him run with it because yeah he was he was probably the, the good parts of this that i really liked um and he's really young still but the many saints of newark monty santi so this this already feels like this classic um mob movie i've said many times on on some podcasts that i genuinely think goodfellas is a perfect movie like i i think i know it's a mob movie i know godfather is great i've never seen part two yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I should not be doing this podcast, but Goodfellas mm-hmm. to me is like one of my all time favorites. I got a uh, Hill signed Blu-ray. I'm I'm all in it, and I'm I'm just so happy to learn that Ray Liotta is in this movie because, of course, you just got to put him in this movie.
2: And w- and what's better than Ray Liotta? Two Ray Liotta. Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> that is right. That's right. That that is true. Is he also in that B movie? This is weird. He's he's made some weird choices. The beat like um, the Jerry
2: Seinfeld B movie. Yeah, I think he's isn't he probably I yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah.
3: Um, so the many saints of Newark. We go to this funeral. It's Newark, which uh, I've now I've been to. I've been to Newark. Um, I know everything about there. I went to the airport. It was yeah, great. It was, the,
2: it was the home of dynamite. Just uh, the week before Arthur Ashe. Newark, oh, that's right. Yep.
3: True. Yeah, Newark. Yeah, the many saints. Uh, why didn't they do any tie-ins? They, that was totally money on the table there.
2: Yeah, I guess they could. I mean Arne Anderson. I mean, hinting at it, you never know. Yeah, you
3: know, yeah, you know, Arne Anderson you know? with the Glock is more scarier than Tony Soprano with the ducks. <laughs> we get a funeral, 1967, Newark, and yeah, we meet some of the the family, the crew, the squad. We hear the voice of a one Christopher uh, Multisanti, and this is kind of scary because he's talking to us from beyond the grave. Yep. As if the character, cause he's like, he explains all the things that happened to him. And well, I already gave you the spoiler warnings, but Tony kills Christopher in the show and just him kind of saying these one liners in between this of like how this happened is kind of eerie. It's like, you wouldn't know that it happened and stuff. Um, so what did you feel about that kind of setting the, the, the pace?
2: Yeah, you mean you mentioned Goodfellas and Ray Liotta? It definitely gave me those type of vibes of like narration, like you know, this is my story. I'm gonna tell you what happened. I didn't know at all that because going into this, I tried to like not read anything into it i just want to kind of go into it fresh i saw the trailer and everything but i didn't really know anything else beyond that so i didn't know um michael imperioli was involved with this whatsoever i'm like oh wow it's his voice like that's awesome um but yeah it was really eerie to hear him but then like once i saw like his gravestone with his name on it that's when it clicked on me like multisanti many saints i get it it makes perfect sense for him to narrate this because this is about his dad and his yeah. rise up so just to hear his voice was great because that's one of the best voices on Sopranos. So that was already like a good note for me. Like, Oh, this is great. Um, but it's sad at the way it's like, Oh my God. Like, yeah, he did die. Like, we're never going to see him ever again, but let's find out like who also.
3: Yeah. It's like, here's a whole movie about how their best friend, uh, how Tony's best friends with his dad, but he's going to end up killing this kid. It's like, what? Yeah. It's
2: It's, it's, so it's hilarious. Sad. First scene we see like a little Tony Soprano running around. He's like, "I see that little chubby fat kid." Yeah, he choked me. <laughs>
3: yeah, he <laughs> kills me and murders me in a very dramatic fashion in the show, which still pisses me off. That's definitely when I turned on Tony, and it took a long time
2: <laughs> yeah, to like last season. Was, but that was oh. very sad. Very sad.
3: Well, we we meet kind of the the crew here, and there's uh, well, obviously Tony Soprano is is a little kid at this point, so yeah, he's just this little chubby kid. But we see Dicky Multisanti played by uh alessandro nivola which i'm not um too familiar with i like i've recognized him in a few movies um i i want to say he is the like weirdo side brother in face off
2: i think you're right yeah he actually was like the
3: scientist guy in the movie face off with Nicolas cage yeah that movie um this guy can't kind of comes out of nowhere for me but i i genuinely think uh I, I thought he did a good job. He kind of he, he pulls off the the scary when you need to be thing, which some comedian of like trying to do comedy on one one scenes and then some the other can be really hard. But I thought he nailed the serious, scary stuff for sure. Um, but yeah, he is the brother in Face Off. That's really weird. Well, there's also Johnny Soprano, who we've heard a lot about in The Soprano Show, played by John Berth and Berth Bernthal. Mm-hmm. I know him from uh, Walking Dead, Punisher. Yeah, obviously, Punisher. Uh, I absolutely love him in Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, yep. He he's he comes a, he's pretty play, much playing the same character here. But yeah, Tony Soprano's dad is played by the Punisher, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, we get we get some of the other ones. We got Ray Liotta, who's who's uh, Hollywood Dick Malsanti. Um, we'll learn that he plays another character later in the movie. But um, we we get the crew. And uh, it's Hollywood Dick who went back to the old country, but he came back now with
2: Miss Provolone nineteen sixty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> As 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 uh, as a son, Dicky said, he's like, you know, you know, some people come back from the old country of like a disease or a gout, the gout or something. You come back with Miss Provolone, 1967, oh my God. which I I mean, and this is something that it happens. People go back to the old country. They find somebody who's very gullible or living in a very, uh, you know, poverty stricken town. And they want right. to go to America. They want to go to America. And uh, Giuseppina definitely uh went ahead. Giuseppina.
3: Yeah, Michela De Rossi, uh, one of her first roles apparently. And again, you know what? Someone I wasn't familiar with, but I could see um I can see her going on to a lot of big things after this movie. I thought she did a great job as well. Um, great casting. She's like just this like
2: super uh was it fresh off the boat of Italy? Yeah, like, see, like you, good you looking just- model. You see, yeah. I said you didn't. You didn't see the Godfather part two. The character on there when um when Michael Corleone goes back to Sicily, he finds a girl there, uh, Apollonia, I think is her name, and he brings her back to the states. Almost the same exact thing. Okay. And she she really gave me like very similar vibes to that as like this like um this you know this this person for this immigrant from a different country that doesn't know anything, and she just kind of is so eyes wide open on, on America and so happy about everything. That's exactly like I think the type of role that she was playing here.
3: Yeah, she's great. So so she doesn't speak very much English. And Ray Liotta just brought her back because he wants this young, hot wife and he wants to have more kids, therefore making uh, Jessopina uh Dickie's new stepmom if they were to get married, uh, which he finds a little odd. Um, but D- Dickie wants in the back of his mind, he wants to have a son of his own. But unfortunately, his wife and him can't uh, she can't have kids. So he still is like, oh, man, my own dad's going to have another kid before I can have a kid. Like, it's it's in his brain there. Um, and it's funny
2: because this is like the first, like, callback to the show in a way, because I know Christopher um, had the same issue with his oh, girlfriend. Right. That's where true. She couldn't have kids either. I remember. You, what are you damaged goods? And he went off on her about that whole thing. And he obviously wasn't happy about it. I feel like this could have been something that he knew from his father um, having the same issue or his mother having the same issue that maybe kind of carried on to him. So. You know, it now it makes more sense why he probably took so so upset about this the situation.
3: Yeah, shout out Adriana.
2: Yes, shout out Adriana yeah. for sure.
3: Yeah. Um so we see Ray Liotta, Dicky Malsanti, he's he's waiting for Giuseppe's outside of her English class, and uh she gets in the car and he's like, What did you learn today? This is his bowl, this is my bowl. <laughs> and he's like,
2: What the fuck? <laughs> He's, he's the like he's like it's just a waste of money right here isn't
3: it (laughs) i fucking laughed out loud uh so um we see some of the the crew here um and and it's weird because there's a lot of people like from the show like there's uh junior is one of these guys played played by Corey Stoll. i'm not familiar but he's playing junior soprano who's a lot older in the show and very uh how you say cunty uh, i would say and the character in this definitely tries to nail that we also get uh a young Pauly Walnuts. Yep. Uh, who this guy did a pretty fun job, especially a bit later on. A few of the scenes got me laughing. I was like, that's definitely supposed to be Pauly. Um, It reminded me of that Wu-Tang show where you're trying to figure out who's who without them telling who's you. Yeah. I'll tell
2: you what, though, I know from the get go who Silvio was because he had the comb back hair. Yeah. He had the walk and the, the, the everything about him was like yeah. Silvio. See the, the, the good and the bad about this show is you had characters like big pussy, Silvio, Pauly, who had to like, they had characters to go by. So in a way it felt like a parody. Remember like when on mad TV, when you had a uh, Will Sasso do James to do. Uh, I did James love Geno Will Sasso.
3: Yeah, I did love that. That's
2: when it came <laughs> off as unfortunate. It was like, okay, these guys kind of feel like a parody in a way. Cause they're imitating them. So that had, that was a disadvantage of the show, but then you had characters like Dickie and uh, Johnny Soprano where they didn't really have anybody to copy. It was all original. It was like, you literally, this is who you are. You make the character how you want. So those characters to me, fit better so i'm not gonna say i didn't enjoy like sylvia and paulie and all them because i love the original characters but it did feel a little bit of a parody in a way
3: yeah you're not wrong because and they're also supposed to be a lot younger but it's like yeah it's definitely there. and there was little jokes there was something with the what a toupee and there's like yeah, there's he, little he, jokes yeah. if, you, yeah. if you
2: go throughout the show because obviously on the real show he has this toupee that he always doesn't I mean, don't touch don't touch the hair but on this movie you see him kind of like go through the different stages of it. He has yeah. a comb back hair that he has like different type of toupees. He and then at one point, the toupee flies off. Like yeah. yeah. You, you literally see him go through the stages until he gets like the final hair, the right one, in the actual show. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out mine too. The right comb over. Uh, I got to get the Arn Anderson. comb over. Well, yes. we see, um, times are, times are wild in the sixties. There's uh supposed to be the summer of love, but it ain't that way. There's, um, a hit taken out on one of these kids with a shotgun. Uh, we get a shoddy here early on, so they definitely deliver on the classic Sopranos violence uh, pretty early. With this, they kind of wake me up with, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, this is a movie about people doing bad things." Because this kid eats it. Um, we see that there's now these riots in the streets. So um, there's there's things going on, of course, with the, the the battle of the races in in the 1960s here and well it's kind of turning into these riots so that's where they definitely weave this story into this which again i i think actually does make a lot of sense and makes it feel like it is uh, real as well the show used to do used to do that but um it's dicky who gets kind of caught in the riots at one point and he's a little he's a little shook by this but it's kind of just showing you and setting the scene uh early here because
2: right, one, one of the guys that works for Dickie is um, Harold, who's played by Leslie Odom Jr. And he's like somebody that he knew, like they went to school together and they played football together. So it's somebody who he trusts and everything. But obviously with the riots going on where it's kind of like you have to take sides in a way with the whole racial tensions. So it gets to the point where like Harold is kind of like against the Soprano family in a way. But it's just somebody who actually was pretty close to Dicky. But uh, but you can see by like. Dicky has is really close to him, but you could tell like the people in his family don't want anything to do with him. Obviously, because of his his race, unfortunately. Yeah,
3: yeah, there still is like these these this tension and and stuff. And of course, Italians and they're 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 kind of they're not nice people, especially if they're in the like power situations and and violence and all this stuff. But we see a lot of violence kind of early on in the world that they, they live in. We see like a fair or a carnival that we've definitely seen mentioned throughout the show. So it's kind of like a different take on this story that we've seen or heard from throughout from Tony, where uh, Tony shows up and sees his family members being arrested. More importantly, his his father and someone in the family getting shot down by police officers. So this kind of sticks in his head and I'm pretty sure he brings up to his therapist uh, throughout the show, but we kind of this see this story. Th- yeah, him kind of like oh, kind of shocks him as the first time he's seeing this kind of, this kind of serious side to what his family might be into.
2: And that place, that amusement park, is actually Playland uh, in Rye, New York, which is like 15 minutes away from me. It's actually where okay. watched The movie Big with Tom Hanks, yeah, it's the same, it's the same one, and also the uh, Mariah Carey uh, fantasy video, where she's on the oh. roller coaster, is also Playland. So. Playland's very close to me. So the second I saw it, I recognized the the white and green colors right away. my Oh, it's Playland. Damn. And actually, a lot of spots here. One of the streets here is where Frank used to live, Fire Frank in Yonkers. So they definitely filmed a lot of this locally.
3: Okay. Damn, yeah. I I, I could see that. Because yeah, Sopranos would do a lot of, loc- obviously, a lot of local yeah. stuff as well. So, but yeah, wow. We see Jessapina. She's chilling at the shower. And Mr. Uh, Maltizanti, Ray Liotta, he doesn't like when she, and I quote, leaves your douche bag hanging in the shower so he gets really upset because he says how many times do I have to tell you this and she says it's it's just like a natural thing people use showers to clean what's the big deal so he beats her up and throws her down some stairs um
2: quick question because you might remember this more than I am because you saw the show more recently than me but this character, Pina was brought up on the show, right? I feel like at some point she was a character that was spoken about. Like, I feel like Christopher talked about her. Or somebody talked about her and the way that she was mistreated in a way.
3: Right. I mean, well, then because it does go into that it's Christopher's mom, right? So.
2: No, no, that's not Christopher's mom. No,
3: this isn't Christopher's mom?
2: Mm-mm. No, the actual Joanne is the mom, but she was just a mistress on the side. She never actually had uh, Christopher, but I feel like she was a character that was brought up on the show, the original show. As oh, somebody was thought- mistreated. I thought Jessupina
3: eventually becomes the mother of Christopher. No, the mom that really, yeah. does have kids. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Okay. Cause okay. you
2: see at the party when they introduce um, yeah. Christopher that the mom is holding her.
3: Right. Okay. It, it was confusing because the character who plays the mom
2: does kind of look similar to Jessupina. Yeah. you know, <laughs> Hollywood Dick has a, has a type or Dickie has a type. Yeah.
3: Apparently Jessupina gets beat up and thrown down some stairs and she's kind of hiding it bruises with glasses the next day and that's when dicky the son of hollywood dick notices this and kind of asks her confronts her about it and well she tries to kiss him and he's like hey oh wait hey whoa hey what are you
2: doing if he sees us my wife's in there she's making a zini
3: (laughs) (laughs) so he feels a little like upset by all this so he then dicky confronts his dad dick about you know hey you threw her down some stairs how hard did she bounce what's the deal why the fuck are you doing this and he's like you don't don't tell me how to, i don't tell me what to do i do what i want because uh well really play really plays a real good mean guy in anything he oh, plays yeah. in and he plays that here but unfortunately uh dickie doesn't like the way he treats his women so dickie beats the shit out of him in the car smashes his head against the the, 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 the wheel but he goes a little too far and the dude is uh, dog food dude's head yeah. is bashed in moshed up. And um, <laughs> he's like figuring out like, fuck, I just killed my dad. I, what am I going to do? Young Tony Soprano <laughs> bouncing a basketball coming in like, Hey, uncle Dickie, what's going on? Hey, Oh, and he's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Meanwhile, his wife's like, hey, honey, what do you want with the sauce tonight? I don't care about the sauce. <laughs> oh. And he's got to well, drive his <laughs> he's right in before, the body. Yeah.
2: Right before he killed him, his dad, Hollywood, he did bring up the point. He's like, listen, you had eyes on her the second we got off to the, the boat, basically, which is true. Like he was eyeing yeah. her down. And he said a line like he's like, oh, if you want, I give you permission to jerk off to her photo. And that's what yeah. kind of like drove, drove. And also him kill the, him. And also the fact that um, Dickie brought up that he did the same stuff to his mom to a dickie's mom so he's like you know you did that with mom i'm not gonna let you do this to another lady so obviously this is stuff that was building up inside dickie that he just couldn't see another girl go through the same stuff that his own mom went through that drove yeah. him to. i don't think he meant to kill him uh i could no, wrong, he didn't
3: he didn't but, uh, because then he's like hey hey dad pop and then he's like ah fuck yeah <laughs> i mean his head is bashed in <laughs> so i don't know how you you would have wouldn't have thought that was gonna happen yeah but yeah so He's now got his dead dad in the car. So he drives like through these riots with the fucking dead body in the front seat. The army's going by because there's this this chaos throughout the city here. He eventually goes by, goes to this like auto shop, burns his his dad with gasoline, lights it on fire. The cool, cool guys don't look at explosion shot where he walks off. Always got to have that in the movie. And
2: uh, yeah, he killed his dad.
3: And everyone just. yeah, yeah,
2: he he set it up like he 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 had an accident at his own his Attaboy repair shop. Um, they made it seem like it was an accident, but you know, he mm-hmm. didn't he didn't really think it through too much. I don't think. This is when we
3: meet the other, multi-santi, twin, Ray Liotta doing double duty tonight as he's playing the brother, uh, who and now I'm like, man, what's the name of this guy's? Sally. <laughs> Sally. That's yep. right. Sally. Uh, and he's like in jail for murdering some other people, a made man in his own family. And he's pretty much living the mindset. I deserve to be here because you shouldn't be doing that. There's rules in this world we live in with like the, the mob and stuff. And that's one of the main things. But I did it. So I'm doing the time. If you if you can't do the time, don't do the crime. And um, Dickie now goes to him, had to tell him that his brother died. But you could already tell Sally here is like, mm, I bet you had something to do with it. He,
2: yeah, he literally says he's like, I've known my brother my whole life, and he has like the hands of an of a baby. Basically, he doesn't do any like hard labor at all. And you're telling me that he went to his shop to work like that doesn't add up at mm-hmm. all. And yeah. right before right before this scene, it was a pretty funny scene where it was the uh, the funeral of Hollywood Dick, and like. You know they're all paying pay their respects, but like in the background you have like Silvio and Paulie they decided to put the the, the game TV on V something because they they got a free TV or something. So they put the TV on and Dickie goes in and he goes the disrespect in here and he kicks over the TV and he just goes off on them. like that stuff like that reminds me of Christopher because Christopher would go on his rages and destroy stuff like the episode with the uh, where they're trying to work on the music whatever and he just takes, takes the guitar and smacks it over the guy's back. So rage definitely runs in the uh, Moltisanti family.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think every family, because also Tony's watching this, the door had been crept open oh, yeah. and Tony, young Tony is kind of like watching this. Oh too. yeah. The so whole, like, the
2: whole, the whole movie, Tony is like kind of peeking in and, and hearing yeah. things. So you kind of get the idea that he's learning all these things that he's not supposed to.
3: Well, um, it's Sally who tells Dickie like, Hey, next time you want to come by and chat, bring me a jazz record. So he's Birth like, yeah, all right. Pool,
2: cool. Miles Davis.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Miles Davis is, you know, He's the coolest. Um, we get Tony, young Tony, who gets suspended. Uh, he's doing a lot of bad things in school. What's he doing? Like <laughs> so, gambling so rings?
2: Yeah, he, he's gambling. They're, they're making a bet trying to see how many people don't show up to school today. And as the kids are coming into the school, he's like taking bets. And like this one kid's like, uh, number 16 is my, fa- my favorite uh, baseball player's number or whatever. So the kid, you know, as as they're like going through the rehearsals in the morning, like they're going over the loudspeaker and the the, the the person's like, oh, there's 16 people that are missing from school. And the kid goes up. He's like, 16. I got the number. And you see the teacher like, what are you kids up to? And that's Uh-oh. when Tony Soprano got busted for for running the numbers.
3: Yeah, of course. Early on, even he's doing this. Um, so they get uh, they get Uncle Vicky to talk to him. And again, the hey, oh, hey, because watching the show. Tony Soprano, James Gandolfini. He does this a bunch. So does Silvio. So does Christopher. So does Pauly. Like the main crew in the show go, Hey, Oh hey, hey, like a million times. And this is clearly them being like, look, this dicky uncle to Tony does it so much that there's no, that's how, that's why they all do it. So, uh, I I couldn't even get through him doing this like pep talk to him because I'm pretty much he's just like, hey, oh, hey, Tony, <laughs> hey, oh, stop doing the bad things. Oh, hey, hey, oh, um, Dickie brings a, an album to Sally, but it's not quite the album. It's some trumpet album. He said this isn't jazz. Take it back. Um, and this, this is when Dickie kind of says that he wants uh, wants a son and that one, one day hopefully he can he can have a son. And Sal here, Ray Liotta dropping some some knowledge. We could all take some some life lessons here. That you wanted something, and wanting leads to pain. So he's a little bit of a Yoda here. This Ray Liotta, Ray Liotta. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, this Sally, this twin brother is like the total opposite of what Hollywood Dick was. Hollywood Dick is just straight. You know, don't give a fuck attitude. While Sally's more like he's obviously been through some shit. They said he's been in jail because he killed somebody else that was a made man, basically. But they didn't really go into details on why. But you made it seem like Sally was like not good, obviously. But he definitely had better intentions than his brother did.
3: And we get uh, Dicky also gives Tony some money just because he's like, ah, eh, there you go, give you give you some some trick. Um, we get. The, the return, it's now going to go like four years later where Johnny Soprano, John Berthold is going to be released from prison here and he comes home and it's a big celebration of it definitely doing the whole Tony Soprano Carmela thing with Tony and his mom and Tony's mom, by the way, is um, just as awful in the show i hate tony's mom in the in the show oh yeah and but i, I the, think
2: the actress here Vera yeah Formiga, she was perfect she said yeah. some of the same lines where she's like oh poor you and does like the little yeah. signals the mom <laughs> would do that stuff she literally must have studied to the t uh, really quick when they transition to like fast forward to when Tony's soprano was older there's like a narration from christopher and i mentioned earlier how christopher always like messes up things and i'm pretty sure he said something about Neil Young, like, since the stuff that has happened since, like, the time has passed by, I'm pretty sure he mentioned Neil Young landed on the moon. I think he meant Neil Young. <laughs> yeah, thought, yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. wait a minute, did he, did, that's like, did he, like, do your classic screw up, like, even in, yeah. even in, even in death, beyond death christopher moltesanti is still screwing up words it's hilarious he's like the guy he's like the
3: broken telephone friend that you got like yo did you hear about uh covid they say uh it's giving us mind control uh things <laughs> wait are you talking about the vaccines that are yeah 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 the vaccines uh they uh, like he's that guy who would like always yeah. give you the broken information yeah i thought i thought i was crazy too i was like i kind of gave a second like wait did you like, did
2: did say says? that <laughs>
3: which yeah it definitely fits the the tone of his character through the show. Yep. Well, we see Johnny's out of jail, he's having a fight with his, uh his 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 old lady. We we then get start seeing uh Dicky, not Dicky Bird, but Dicky. He's <laughs> uh he's got a guma as you you mentioned earlier, a side chick, a mistress which is of course Jessapina. He yep. he's now hooking up with his dad's his dead dads, who he's murdered, by the way, uh mistress. So things are getting a little hot and heavy there. Uh we you also know, see Jen, yeah.
2: Re- really quick before I forget, when they when Johnny returned back from home, um, they introduced Christopher as a baby. Like he's at this point, he's born, he's a baby, whatever. And the crazy part was they put Dickie, am um, sorry, they put Christopher in Tony Soprano's arms. And the baby starts yeah. crying right away. And like this little old lady, it was like a random old lady that's not even part of the family at these parties, just in the corner dropping knowledge. And she mentioned something about how they see evil things on the other side and they have premonitions. So this is a huge foreshadowing to obviously Christopher right. not be able to trust Tony. I cry yeah like yeah that.
3: yeah some some babies know things from the other side is what this like old lady because yep. the baby's fine until it gets to tony and then it just starts to cry so and
2: tony's like every time i hold this baby he's crying he hates me and it's just like well mm, yeah yeah
3: because you're gonna murder him <laughs> exactly man we also see janice who looks just like janice would look like a yeah. uh, yep. good job on the casting there as well um and janice of course is just being janice uh i hate janice too (laughs) this
2: this, this, this is before she caused the shark in deep Blue Sea to murder everybody right
3: this is true yeah this is before that (laughs) happened they had the other
2: sister too which she was barely on the show i think her name was barbara the the second sister but she she was running around too so you see a lot of the characters um they even mentioned like tony b at one point which is steve Buscemi's character all the little cousins that are running around like i would have to do a little bit of deep digging but i feel like these are all central characters that eventually show up on the show
3: yeah, um, we get Harold who comes back. He was in North Carolina for a while and he's going to like start his own now like like crime operation to kind of go up against uh, the Italians. So it's basically like his black owned business here of the mob of this crime family that he's secretly like, going to try to take out and, and run things here uh, being a saint of Newark. Um, we get, um, Jessupina and Dickie like I said, they were, they're hooking up and he gets her her own place. And he's like basically doing all the good, good fella stuff and and hooking her up. And there's mentions that she doesn't just want to be this like housewife. She wants to do stuff. So she's been like, look, if you can buy me an apartment, why don't you like buy me a beauty parlor? I want to. I want to run these things. I want to like work. I don't want to just be some, some side chick who just waits for you. Like, no, I want to work and, and earn things that that's why I'm here in America. And he's kind of like blowing her off. Like, ah, you don't need to do that. And plus,
2: he's like, just give me the seats. I'm hungry. Come on.
3: <laughs> yeah. Like, give me the food. Jeez. <laughs> um, but she's like, you promised me. And he's like, eh. we see a young tone, him and his friends, well, they're up to no good, and this is where we see like the Tony we 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 want to see the the played by Gandolfini's son himself, and he him and him and his friends are gonna steal an ice cream truck.
2: Do you know who his friends were? No, was it? Uh, so one of them's Artie Bucco because he didn't mention like his dad wants him to go into the restaurant business. So that was Artie, and the other guy I'm pretty sure was Jackie, who was like in the beginning of the first season has like uh, cancer and he passes away really quick, but he was one okay. of Tony's close friends. So yeah, Jackie and uh, Artie, other his uh his buddies here early on.
3: Yeah, that's crazy. So they, they steal this. They, they beat the shit out of this guy. They like kick him out of the truck, steal his truck and then go make, go sell ice cream in a real bad way. And then well, it's funny. Like, it's
2: funny. Cause earlier when he was reading the comic book, um, like his dick, he's like, Oh, why are you reading this shit? Why don't you read like Spider-Man or Superman? He was reading like Robin Hood instead, you know, take from yeah. the rich, give to the poor, which is what he's doing here with the ice cream.
3: Yeah, he's, he's basically giving these people ice cream and not doing not doing a good job in the twist, though. It's all about the hey. flick of the wrist.
2: It's it's free. He's giving free ice cream to the kids.
3: And it, that's pretty much what he does later in the show. He's just, yep. he's Robin Hood. He's given to his family. Uh, it was a pretty funny scene with uh, this kid and stuff. Um, we get, uh, so obviously Tony's getting in trouble from all these antics he's getting up to. So there's a scene with uh, like parents in the car. I think it's, it's Tony's mom and dad, Johnny's driving and then Dickie and, and his wife and his in the wife. yeah. And, uh, they're talking about Tony and they're talking about like the kids got spunk. He's going to be a football player, this and that. Uh, uh, and it's kind of Dickie who's like, yo, Johnny, like if that's what he wants to do, let him do what he wants to do. Like don't, don't like force things on him and stuff like that. And they obviously don't want him to go into the, the world of crime, but you could tell Dickie's kind of like, huh, he would be really good at that though. Um, And this is where Tony's mom. Tony's mom goes off on the show so much, and I thought again the actor here, she's going off. And I thought for sure I was like, wait, this can't happen because she's (laughs) alive in the show. But Johnny pulls out a Glock, aims it at her fucking head while he's driving, shoots it. But he purposely shoots through her like honeycomb hairstyle. Yeah, her
2: hair. Yeah, I couldn't believe. Oh my
3: god! I laughed so hard. I was like, (laughs) and she's in shock.
2: I kind of wanted to see this because like we didn't really get much of Johnny Soprano on this show, but from the, I'm in this movie, but on the show they always made it seem like he wasn't a good guy. No matter what the mom would say, the mom would be like, your dad, Johnny, she's a saint. Like she'd always like talk good about him, but everybody in the background knew that he wasn't a saint. So to see a scene like this, like, Holy shit, he literally shot an Arne Anderson Glock right through her (laughs) hair. Like, and she didn't even flinch. Like, and now you kind of find out why she was so messed up. Like she obviously was, psychologically affected by everything that happened. And she would take it on Tony and the kids later on.
3: They both suck. His parents definitely suck. Oh, yeah. No wonder he became a crime Lord. Uh, Cause his parents just, yeah. Uh, I thought this was a crazy scene though, when he's just driving and does this. Um, I laughed so hard. <laughs> Jessupina, Jessupina. Well, you know, uh, she, she got busy real quick with her ex dead lover's son. So, I mean, what's, what's saying? Take it the next step. And yeah. Jessupina is seen having sex with Harold.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, throughout the, the movie, like, they were kind of, like, eyeing each other. Like, he would always kind of, like, go around. But he'd be like, oh, that's Dicky's girl. I wouldn't, like, do nothing to her. Um, but, yeah, this is rather quick. I mean, she had a... It wasn't that big of a fight. She had a fight with Vicky with about the beauty parlor, and next thing you know, she kind of just jumped into bed with Harold.
3: Yeah, so she's having a great time. He's having a great time. He knows he's literally fucking over... Dickie and, and getting some at the same time. And uh, she's <laughs> just, just the living the best life.
2: Fucking yeah. over Dickie while getting Dicky.
3: <laughs> yeah. She's, she's fucking over Dickie while getting the Dicky. Um, <laughs> she, she's like mentioning like, yeah, you know, like, uh, he wants me to stay at home and I just don't do that. She's kind of basically like, I'm a free spirit. I want to do whatever I want. So, uh, well that's happening with, with Jessupine and Harold, but Dickie does not know that. Um, there's then um like a, a drop that's happening. So really Harold kind of knows some sort of ins and outs from Dickie, so he's kind of using his insider knowledge to kind of fuck him over with his own stuff. So there's like a shooting where there's a guy doing a drop of money, but they take it and they're like intercepting the Italian family's uh well, their their money, their drops and their their work. Yep. So the uh the crime family that we know, multisantis. Well, they pay a visit to Harold's boy in like a chop shop in a car shop. And oh, boy, they make him talk. Uh, This is definitely your classic Sopranos violent scene here uh, as the guy's not talking. He doesn't want to say who put the hit out or anything. So they all hold him down on a like metal thing table in the car shop, the auto shop. They grab the car drill. Mm, you know what i'm talking about mm. that's that yep. sound that it makes oh. and well they put it in the guy's mouth <sighs> and they drill and wow this is gory and just fantastic how has this not been like used more so in movies this this pretty much sounds like a they should do this a lot more this is great yeah but,
2: and this, isn't this isn't a death
3: this isn't a death but like best best uh not in no death. no. The best guy definitely
2: friend. died. No, oh they yeah, died. the guy they died. Shot him with the gun. They definitely killed they him. Shoot, yeah, they
3: shoot him afterwards. But like, definitely the best. Like, yo, a fucking yeah. car was, drill
2: thing in your mouth, and the teeth are flying out, and everything. Yeah, it's something, yeah. something. It's more like out of like hostile or saw. It's like one yeah. of those type of like gory deaths. But you have everybody here. You have uh, you have big pussy. You got uh, paulie You got Silvio. And this is the scene where Silvio stands up there, and he's got. His 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 teeth is all white his, with blood and his hair is just hanging out. Yeah, yeah he's, yeah, like, yeah, he's like, hey, what are you gonna do? <laughs> and
3: Paulie is here, and he's he's got this new jacket, and he's like, I just bought this jacket, and now it's covered in this dude's blood and teeth and shit. Uh, the guy tries. To, the guy talks eventually mentions to Dicky like Harold is the one who did it. I don't know how he could talk if his teeth yeah. were fucking drilled out of his face. Um, but yeah, this scene was awesome. They then shoot him after they get the knowledge. But Dicky's like a little concerned now that harold is the one who set up the 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 traps on this like drop and one of their boys getting shot and everything like that so he's a little scared um but yeah great great scene with getting all the this is where you, like you saw the, the the characters silvio and paulie you kind of yep. go ah okay yeah we see tony he's having more issues at school what's he trying to do like we're, get the test results of stuff he's what selling them he's getting into yeah, so, he so was, yeah he was trouble yeah
2: he was stealing uh stealing test results and he got caught for it
3: so the mom has to come in and talk and there's this whole scene with like the teachers like, yo, actually, Tony is like this really smart kid. He's got this crazy IQ. He's born. He's a born leader. But instead, he's like doing all this shady shit. Uh, then there's mention of his mom reading him a book and like cuddling with him. Um, yeah, I, I hate his character of his mom in the show so much. So I'm just like, yo, you got to sort out your own issues. Don't don't take it out on any your kids. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah basically she's not accepting the fact that her son could be smart like no matter how good he is she's he's still like a failure to her and then yeah. like you know he brings up the one time where she like did something like very motherly and snuggled up and read a book and that obviously affects tony because like the only real memory he has of her that he could he could hold on to and the you know the mom's kind of like you can tell she's going through some stuff um mentally and you know we'll get into later on on what she could do to help it and she obviously doesn't but um she is not really taking, Disinformation from the guidance counselor at all about her, her son. We get this
3: epic shootout with Harold's gang and uh, the the crew we know, and it's like everyone's getting shot. Uh, Frankie at one point he he gets shot here. There's Johnny who's it's it kind of reminds me of when Tony in the show is almost getting shot and like escapes in his car. Johnny's about to get it. There's like cars, people getting shot while they're driving, explosions. Uh, Dickie goes in the bar, loads up his shoddy, and Harold comes out. It's like this almost uh, very crime thriller shot here with Harold and, and Dickie in the bar. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was,
2: it was really well done. Like they would kind of like zoom in on the little bullet holes and kind of like see the person on the other side. The guy that got killed actually, he he's played by Joey Diaz. If you remember, he was in the movie The Longest Yard. But his character of Buddha is actually Big Pussy's father. That's why he kind of resembles him a little bit. Right. That, that, that's who he is. But yeah, this this whole scene was done very well when you have like Harold come in and you have the fire in the background and you just kind of zoom in and all that. But it was, it was really well done, like a um, shootout between him and uh, Dickie.
3: Yeah, I like the effects they use, the way they shot with the lights, he turns the lights on, he turns the lights off at one point in this bar, but everything like, like I know movies, especially you watch like any of these like Marvel movies and stuff like CGI and stuff has come such a long way. I am still a bigger fan of uh, like practical effects oh, yeah. and stuff like that, but they did a good job of using uh, a little bit of both for some of like the action and the the gory and explosion stuff. I, I thought, I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, we get so so Dickie's fucking rock now. His boys are getting shot up. Harold's all up in his shit. He doesn't even know what's coming yet because he does not know that Jessabina's you know, doing the deed. But uh the mom Tony's mom's now gonna try to be a little nicer to Tony. So he comes down for lunch one day and hey, oh, yo, you made me hamburger. Hey, really quick,
2: this I, I can I can relate to this because growing up in an Italian household, it was literally like pasta every day. So when your mom would switch <laughs> it up and have like a hamburger or hot dogs, it was just like a holiday. Like, oh, my God, we're getting a hamburger today. So just to see the excitement in Tony's face was hilarious. here. He's like, oh, mom, I thought you're going to make a mortadella sandwich. and You got a hamburger here. So I thought it was great.
3: What? No fucking
2: ziti? <laughs> what, are, what are some other good uh, Italian uh,
3: dishes that I need to look at? I, I literally made uh pasta yesterday while making this. And it was like this big, thick penne ziti noodles, actually. So I, I wasn't far off. It was, it was pretty good, but uh, what, so, do, what so do you,
2: whatever they mention like gabagol, it's basically when you have like all these like trays of different meats, We you have like, you know, your little salami or provolone, it kind of like it comes in, like, you know, different rolled up or whatever, make a sandwich, things like that. Um, but yeah, always like meat like that. Sausage and peppers is always a popular thing. baked ziti, lasagna, anything with pasta and bread, bread was always a big thing. Like you always got to have a loaf of bread on the side, no matter what you eat, Always going to have bread there.
3: You got to have the bread to soak up the good stuff. Yes. The sauce, exactly. the gravy. Mm. You know, we've talked about the sauce and gravy. They don't say, uh, they don't say gravy on in this. They shouldn't. They,
2: they shouldn't. Cause the right term, <laughs> the right term is sauce. Okay. I remember when, when my, when my son was born, uh, my, my sister-in-law bought like a little uh, a onesie. And it said like, in this house, We say gravy. I took it. I was like, Megan, I appreciate the gift, but take this and you can have it back. My son will never wear this. (laughs) It's sauce.
3: It's not gravy. It's sauce sauce in my house. Yeah. Like there's certain types of, like, I'm pretty sure in Portuguese, whenever we talk about like gravy for your like different meats or whatever, never like tomato sauce, but like gravies and, and drippings or whatever. It's moi, moi. So something like that. But like so, gravy, sauce is what I call pasta. Sauce, sauce
2: is what you put on pasta. Gravy is what you put on your turkey. That's 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 how yeah. it is. That's that's yeah. that's the truth. There is no other way around it.
3: Yeah. Sorry, folks. <laughs> at, at Up Next Podcast, is it gravy yes. to you? We're sorry if we offend you, but it's sauce. We,
2: you know who's <laughs> going to be the, the judge of this is Tony D'Angelo. So whatever he uses, whether it be gravy or sauce, yeah, gonna we're going to have to ask him.
3: I'll tweet him later. I'll okay. uh, wait till his debut this week, and then I'll tweet him and be like, yo, is it sauce or gravy? <laughs> Say it in a promo, and he wins everything. There we go. <laughs> well, Tony's eating hamburger because his mom's the best. She's the great mom. But right away, they're pretty much fighting. She brings up how he's he's on the pot. Uh, he brings up some Rolling Stones lyrics, and she's like, you're on pot. And she, he's like, what? No, it's not me. He's like, you and your sister, you're always smelling like pot. Janice comes home and she smells like a gypsy and he's like oh oh, hey oh oh I'm always the accused hey oh it's totally this is where I was like dude like praise to you you're playing the character your dad like made so famous and you're doing a fantastic job in in little parts like this Uh, this kid was great in this uh, hey oh but yeah, the hamburger wasn't enough to stop the fights. You know, when someone's being real nice to you that there's they either want something or something's just not going to go right. Like, oh, yeah, that.
2: it's my my mom literally did it to me earlier. She's like, hey, I got some lasagna for you tomorrow. If you want to come over and have it. I'm like, oh, what do you need? Oh, yeah. Can you fix the TV while you're here? Oh, uh, OK. So that's OK. Now, you, now I know why you want me to come over. OK, it's
3: a pretty good trade, though.
2: Oh, yeah, and I mean,
3: and I mean, like you going over there and like resetting her TV or resetting her internet router is pretty much, she sees you as like a technician, like an engineer. She thinks you just like did so much things when you probably just like turned it on and off.
2: Exactly. I, like, growing up, I was always like the electrician in the family, the technician, yeah. and all I did was like plug the HDMI <laughs> cable or something. But hey, if it's going to give me a trail lasagna, yeah. so be it. I'll take it.
3: What what's the best thing your mom makes that like is it lasagna that she knows she got you? Like if you yeah. go mom make the, yeah. make this
2: lasagna is good. Um yeah. she does like another type of pasta where she uses like the little rings. I don't know what they call them, but it's like little okay. like oh it's so good, so good. I'm getting I right, was thinking
3: right. about it. Yeah. Hey. Tiramisu
2: well, is another one. You ever heard of tiramisu? Oh, T- oh of yes. course. Yeah. She yeah, makes yeah. tiramisu from scratch. Oh, Isn't that shit the, like
3: cra- like these cookies, these crackers with the like, yeah, coffee? Yeah. It's the and... uh
2: the what do you call it? Like the 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 vanilla fingers and you put like the coffee and you put like the the mascarpone cream inside Yeah. Like, yeah. It's amazing.
3: I've had some I have had some from like Italian friends who like oh my mom made this or like they learned they got the recipe and like yeah it's it's good or when you go to a real fancy Italian spot like yeah it's it can mm-hmm. be really nice. Coffee cake. Uh, we see a funeral because uh, we mentioned, is it pussy's dad who uh, yep. got shot up and uh, everyone's kind of sad there. We see uh, an origin story of Junior <laughs> as he slips in the rain and lands on his back, thus creating the fact that he's always got a bad back and he's always and, a right cunt.
2: <laughs> yeah. And he's, he says his famous line, your sister's cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! There's junior. There's a junior. At, yeah, uh,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. So juniors uh, hates Dickie now because he he blames him, and, and his wife's like, "Yo, what the f-? like? You're the because he, well, he can't have He's sex. laughing
2: at him. Yeah, he's well, he's he's laughing at him when he fell while everybody else is helping him up. He he doesn't like to be picked on, which is the same thing he did in the show. He never yeah. liked when Tony would like the laugh sushi. at sushi and make fun of him. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is obviously gonna um, come to bite dicky later on but this is like we find out why things certain things might upset um junior and yeah like you said he can't even have sex anymore now
3: yeah so he's upset and he's he's mad because he hurt his back but uh as as this is happening harold's crew all his boys they're gonna plan to take over and uh his plan might come into work i mean he's chopping off these guys one at a bit and he's he's starting his his gang here in newark and he's not gonna let uh it stop now we see dicky and Jessupina, they're having just a great time, some time together. They finally have some time alone. They're at like a hotel somewhere. They're banging in a hotel bathroom. They're just living their best life, uh, really. And they're walking now um, <laughs> on a beach. And he's like, hey, Jessupina, you know that beauty parlor you wanted? I got it for you. I saw it. I bought it. We're gonna be co-owners, and you can run it. You can do everything you want to work. You you can do it. I got it for you. She's like, cool, thanks. Hey, by the way, <laughs> I am so lonely, and uh, i've i've been I've been lonely, and well, someone else came along while I was waiting for you. And he's like, uh, excuse me. This is now. <laughs> they're on a beach somewhere. We're alone, and she's like, yeah. Someone else came along. It meant nothing. I'm sorry. Who was it? No, you're going to hurt him. No, no, I won't hurt him. The only thing I'll be hurting is if you don't tell me. So who was it? So she tells Dickie, I've been sleeping with your arch fucking enemy Harold. Well, uh, he goes a little insane. Yeah. Chases her into the water and drowns her. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Overreacted a little bit, but, um, why did i don't this know gonna, i don't I mean, know look uh, why, why did just i mean I'm not why adjusting. did she open her mouth like right after like literally like they have a montage of them like running on the beach and feeding yeah. each other pasta and the, the world is great and like you said she just out of nowhere had to reveal this this reminded um, what, me of uh
3: Chris what did she think was, wicked game music video what did, she
2: think, what, what did she think was gonna happen like yeah she she was gonna be like oh it's fine don't worry about yeah.
3: it yeah yeah look look honey look you do your own thing you weren't you weren't married you were the side piece like he's married he's got kids and babies and stuff like live your life like definitely not against it but what were you expecting when you tell him like she didn't know that maybe harold was up and up, like they're against each other she just knows right. him from hanging around him working for right, her right, right. but still it's like you you know this guy is in the mob you know this guy just Crazy things and murders people, and you're just gonna tell him this while you're both alone somewhere. No witnesses, nothing. Sorry, like yeah, yeah, big mistake. Also, he just got told you he got you the beauty parlor. So like maybe maybe wait it out a little bit. Yeah, wait
2: a little bit. Wait till you know you start the business and then down the line, yeah. But yeah, it's like went. Yeah, yeah.
3: Imagine it's like your birthday and like. Like, someone's like, Here you go, here's this. Here's a PS5. By the way, uh, I've been banging your best friend. Yeah, like, what? No,
2: that's not gonna make anything, that's gonna make things way worse.
3: Just sorry, and
2: and just to know, like, his type of mentality, and just like the way, like, an old school um, I can say because I'm Italian, an old school Guinea basically, like, their mentality. To hear that, like, she not only slept with somebody, but it's somebody who's black, I know would set him off even more because that's just a type of mentality that they have, unfortunately. Right. And he's yelling this at her. Yeah,
3: yeah. This is set in his late 60s. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, he's like.
2: Yeah, the racial tension is going to drive him even more insane. And he just did it. And yeah, it was crazy. Um, Before, really quick, before I forget, when Harold was having the meeting with the other mafioso guy, that guy was actually Frank Lucas, who's the character that Denzel Washington plays in American Gangster. So oh, that's a, cool, that okay. a cool little connection there that, right. uh, that that they had in there, which is pretty interesting because he's a real character opposed to everybody else here. Who's made up in a way. Um, but yeah, Giuseppina, unfortunately um, she's dead. And that, that's another reason why I want to watch the show. Cause I feel like I heard this story before about Giuseppina drowning or something or something happened to her, but it was never implied that Dickie killed her. So I wonder if this is like solving that answer of like what happened to this, this poor girl that he knew.
3: Yeah. I mean, he, 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 drowns her. Jeez, yeah. just drowns her. Yep. Uh, then he goes and talks to Sal again. And Sal's pretty much like, yeah, I know you were fucking, I know you murdered your dad. <laughs> You've got bad luck. huh?" Um, yeah. So Sal's like, yo, uh, your, your mom and your, your, I mean, not your mom, your dad and your, your side chick both die recently and you're just oh, weird, strange times <laughs> for you. He doesn't, he knows he's like pretty much like, yeah, I know.
2: Yeah, he makes up a story about like Giuseppina having like weak lungs or she had a disease from Italy and her lungs couldn't handle her. Yeah, all this crap. And Sally's not buying it. He's like, yep, yeah, no.
3: Well, um, meanwhile, there's so all this crime and stuff is happening. And is it Sal who tells Dickie, like, hey, leave Tony alone? He does. He's like, yeah. yeah, he's like,
2: some words of advice, stay away from that kid, um, which obviously he doesn't.
3: He says, like, leave him alone. This kid has got a bright future and you're going to lead him down a path you got into. And look where that leads. You're killing your fucking girlfriends and your dad. Like, stop. Don't don't get this kid invested. So Dickie starts ignoring young Tony, who we see Tony's trying to call him up, help him get some booze, some rolling rock. Uh, we I'm see a young Carmela.
2: Yeah, behind them.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. We see a young, young Carmela, some friends Tony's trying to get. I'm surprised Tony asked for rolling rock and not blue moon considering the the lyrics of the isn't that the lyrics in the show well
2: well blue moon wasn't a blue blue moon was around wasn't around, wasn't around yeah day. it wasn't yeah, around that's yeah, why. Yeah, that's right.
3: yeah, yeah that's true um but dickie is like no selling him he's not answering his calls he's hanging up so carmella and, and is like oh hey uh i like i like how she did look like him uh, oh yeah. look like her sorry yeah yeah, uh, yeah as well did. um we we see that every time tony ch- keeps trying to go to dickie He's ignoring him. He turns the lights off. He's telling people he's not there. So Tony's getting a little pissed off, but not going away. Um, and then finally, Dickie is like, can't live like this. He's like going to go up against Sal's wishes where he's like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to meet Tony and, and have a discussion with him. And we never will will know what that discussion is, because the next morning when Tony goes to meet him, he's waiting for him, having his milkshake, his chocolate milk, uh, Dickie, uh, Uncle Dickie doesn't show up. Because we see Dickie coming home that night before. And as he's getting some things in his trunk, someone comes up from behind and back of the head. He's done. He's dead. He's clipped, if you will. Dickie Multisanti, the father of Christopher, leaving him fatherless, dies. And then we see uh, this hitman on a payphone somewhere. We see Junior. On a payphone somewhere, and he's like, "The deed is done. The hit is made," meaning that June is the reason that Dicky Multisanti was clipped. As uh, yeah, the movie kind of fades to, to black with Tony Soprano kind of wondering what's going to happen with Dicky and uh, the many saints of of Newark. But man, that Junior!
2: Son of a bitch! <laughs> Son of a bitch! Like you, should, I should have known. Like this guy got Dicky killed. I mean, there's more reasons behind him just laughing at him. He obviously didn't like him from the get go. He wanted to, Junior wanted to be head of the family. He didn't want Dicky to be head of the family. And this carries on to the show, obviously, with Tony Soprano. Um, yeah. But this is like one of this is like one of the mysteries of Sopranos. We never really knew who killed Dicky. There was like an episode where. Uh, Tony got some he he did kill the person who shot Dickie so maybe that was a person who actually pulled the trigger he did kill like a former detective or something but we never knew the reason why and now we know it's because Junior put the head out um which is crazy to think that you know it's because of Junior that all this happened and uh yeah Junior, and throughout yeah yeah, yeah and junior no, like the main cause why like tony became this like like you said we never we never found out what dickie was going to say to him was he actually going to tell him to stay away from the family who knows but because of this death now tony was forced into the family
3: yeah i'm surprised we didn't end the movie with don't stop believing by journey <laughs> um but we you know what there were some good songs no, we ended
2: with the uh, the theme songs, the Sopranos, song right? Yeah, it starts to end. kick in. Yep. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's almost like the 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 the, the score is getting so better and better. So literally, that
2: that part is like, okay, shit is on, and then the movie ended. I'm like, no, like literally, this is what I wanted to see was like his rise. So I'm really hoping that the movie didn't do well in the box office. Unfortunately, uh, it only did five mil because everybody's watching it on HBO. Everybody went to see the Venom instead. Um, But I'm hoping some way that they do either like in a mini series, make it like a ten episode series, just continue with yeah michael gandolfini growing up and becoming tony's apprentice that we know there's yeah, so much honestly, more they can tell.
3: yeah yeah it leaves you it leaves you now going okay well i want to see what what happens with tony because he never got to have that final conversation with dickie was dickie gonna tell him the truth was dickie gonna invite him in start young or was dickie gonna say you i can't talk to you like you need to go away so really this ki- junior inadvertently kickstarts this like rise of yep. the the the, the rise of Tony, but it definitely sends you off like wondering, okay, where can we go with this? A mini series totally based on Tony Soprano with Michael Gandolfini playing would be probably yep. the best idea, but you're right. Uh, a lot of people either A, watch this at home or didn't watch it in theaters, like you know what I mean? Like, so that can affect maybe where it goes, but I think you put the Soprano's name on anything and the fans will still go behind it. Uh, what are your like overall thoughts on, on the movie? What are some things that you liked and some things that you didn't? Cause I can see there's arguments for both.
2: Yeah. I mean the ending sequence where we actually saw like the reason why Dickie was actually going to give Tony Soprano a chance was because of Silvio. Silvio is the one that kind of pushed it. He's like, Hey, listen, I see something good in this kid, Tony Soprano. I think you should really give him a chance. So by him doing that, it kind of makes you understand the Silvio character more from the show that he was really like Tony's right hand man. Cause he always believed in Tony, no matter what. Um, so I liked the like, his portrayal. Um, i l- like I said in the beginning, like the parody, like not that it was a parody, but it felt like a lot of the stuff was supposed to be a parody from like Silvio and uh, So I didn't like like those characters as much as like a brand new character like a Dicky Moltisanti or Johnny Soprano. I wish you would have saw a little bit more of Johnny, um, his dad, but it wasn't really about him. It was this is the Moltisanti story. So this is where it comes down to where it's like very hard to promote this movie because obviously you want people to come in that are Sopranos fans, but you don't want to say it's a Tony Soprano movie. So all like the marketing that I saw would say things like who made Tony Soprano or you know things like that because they're trying to tell you. E this is the people behind Tony Soprano. It's a prequel movie. So it never even had the Sopranos name on it. It was always the many saints of Newark. And then closer to release day, they kind of put in the bottom like a Soprano story or something along those lines to make sure people like know what it is. Um, so it's like it's very hard because you don't want to tell people this is a Tony Soprano movie because it's not, it's a Chris Moltisanti movie or Dickie Moltisanti movie. But by just saying that alone, it might not get people to come in to watch it. So maybe that's what happened. The reviews haven't been bad, they've been like in the 70s range, so it's not like a terrible movie from review standpoint, but it's probably not. What people were hoping they would get from a Sopranos movie
3: yeah which is very fair Uh, again I I do like these kinds of movies regardless so really this movie could have been a movie without some of the tie-ins like the script maybe the argument is the script is a little paint by numbers mob boss kind of movie whereas the show kind of was, but also at the same time was like reaching every little aspect of stories you didn't even think would be covered on a show like that. And they did that every season. You'd be like, Oh, okay. But in a good way. So this was kind of more of your step-by-step. If you replaced all the Easter eggs and all these characters that we kind of already toyed with, it could just be a separate like movie and entity of its own. But I see where people are like, ah, it's not really the Sopranos. It's because none of the actors, are in it. it. really this they try right. to go with the same style. They try to go with the same humor elements, like the the shooting her in her hair, not killing her, but like almost killing her is very something they, they would probably do in the show. Uh some of the the gory deaths is something that they would do in the show. Um a lot of the comedy stuff, like one-liners, they tried to obviously, like you said, almost parody. The old characters, but there were certain like lines and stuff that definitely stick with you. Um, As when you watch The Sopranos, was always about like this mob boss guy going through therapy and like the his whole complicated life. But it's like there was always like life lessons in between episodes well, i think but-
2: I, I think that's where like the dr melfi character you're talking about i think that's where sally kind of took the reins of that he was kind of a mediator that was yeah. kind of giving giving uh, dicky some good advice so i, I feel like we still had little elements of that between that and the guidance counselor but um i can see what you mean but also like this movie like the fact that it took place in the 60s and the 70s it didn't really feel like sopranos it felt more like goodfellas in a way because yeah of, like, the time difference what they could have done if they really like thought more of this out, maybe even make it to like a mini series was do the Godfather two route where it's a prequel. Plus it's happened at the same time. They kind of could go back and forth. They could have did that. They could have showed some of the stuff in the past while jumping back and forth to like present, not present day Tony Soprano, but maybe like Tony Soprano in the eighties, like as a little bit older going through the, the crime family.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It was different that it was set in, in like the different times, whereas the Sopranos is so modern. Like they try right. to use things that were like topical, uh, which this did for things that were in the 60s. So I, I I definitely still, I didn't hate this movie by any means. In fact, a few people were like, oh, like this movie was a bit of a letdown. So I kind of was going in expecting something a bit worse. Um, it was, it didn't like necessarily blow me away. Because again, it was kind of like, okay, I can kind of figure, like I knew something was going on with Junior. I was like, I hate you. I already know. And I hate the mom. I already. I went in hating them and I still leave hating them. But they definitely like fill you in. On on certain things, it's 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 kind of like Star Wars. Like if you watch the OG Star Wars movies and then maybe watch those really weird prequels, it might like make sense of certain things. But then also right. make you go, wait, well, what about that? And like whatever. But uh overall, like I think this was meant to just be like a fan service. Like hey, look, you know we know you guys love this show and people keep rewatching it. Like why not? try to do something continue on with the story um so i i genuinely thought they they did uh they did a good job i, I didn't walk away watching this movie being like oh that sucked uh it kind of it kind of flew by it, it kind of flew by actually and it was like about two hours so yep, it um, was two
2: hours yeah it's you have to think about it. it's very hard to take a show that had what six seasons over 100 episodes so much meat to that show and yeah. it's one of the best shows of all time on top of that so to take that and try to like condense it to a two-hour format without any of the characters because you had to do a prequel right there's no way you could do the sequel because a james gandolfini passed away and b most of the characters on the show were killed off so it's like what else can you do but a prequel um but like i said they they had to tell the story first you had to tell the multisanti story first plus it was one of the characters that wasn't really expanded on you heard about the the legend of dickie but you never actually found out about it so now the right thing to do is to carry off of this now it just sucks because i don't think it's gonna financially do good enough i know that like david chase and like terrence winter who's one of the writers discussed like possibly doing a prequel i'm sorry a sequel to this with tony soprano in his 20s they would say they would do it on a heartbeat they said so hopefully they have enough you know support to do it um that's what i'm hoping for i feel like there's so much more you can tell now now would be the perfect time to do it
3: yeah i mean like you could always you (sighs) Doing the prequel makes sense. I I would want to watch his son play that. I think just as a fan now would be like, oh, you you did a great job in this movie, and people will overlook some of the other stuff. Maybe he wasn't in it enough, and that's they they were planning on expanding this universe, and hopefully they they still do. Even I think they should make it a show if if box office show. Yeah, at least
2: ten episodes of a mini series. One thing that I did hear about when they were shooting it, they had to take numerous takes with. Um, his son, Michael Gandolfini, because he had just watched the show. So a lot of the scenes that he was doing, he was acting too much like his dad. And the director had to tell him listen you can't act like that because you're not that character yet like i understand you want to be your dad but you haven't really become that character so they had him do multiple takes where he's more like a toned down tony a more aggressive tony they obviously use the the scenes that fit because he was trying too hard at some points i heard to be like tony soprano was like that doesn't make sense yet like you haven't even killed somebody yet you can't be all this over-the-top angry character so i yeah. think they they used the perfect um mix of him as his dad
3: I also like the fact throughout the entire Sopranos show, Tony. I resonate with Tony in certain aspects because there's so many episodes or scenes where he's uh listening to music. He puts on his own records or he watches he's in it, he's watching his own movies because he's like a big fan of art. In some weird way, this mob boss who has some random time to himself will consume music or movies. And they definitely showcase that in this, like. Like him mentioning the Rolling Stones, or him in his his room listening to records, or or him watching was it like uh, old movies and stuff like yeah. that? Like um, it ties into the fact that like he's all like he is kind of a smart guy, like and it, and it plays in with that. I thought there is a lot of undertones, and there's probably so many things. Even I've only watched the show once through that have like completely gone over my head, but right, uh, like it's another thing that looking- pops
2: up. Is obviously in the first episode of the show. He had the connection with the ducks, the white ducks. They signified like rebirthing right. him. And the scene where he actually catches Dickie murdering his dad, he saw a blackbird. And then somebody later on said the blackbird represents death mm. or bad things going on. So you had you're kind of like you're you're uh, you're back and forth between the two different type of birds. So that really right. kind of stood out for me. That's was true. The whole bird yeah. Aspect.
3: Yep. Yeah, I didn't even think of that, but that is totally true. He had the the birds there. Um, yeah. Any other, any other thing? Cause I did, I did like the music in this. I know throughout the show, there were certain songs. I mentioned that uh, episode where they're back in the old country. There's some music that I still listen to. Uh, there's an Italian band. I'm blanking on them now, but it was a banger when Christopher's like, uh, getting lit. Um, but the music throughout the show is amazing, but I thought the the selection through here, any mob movie, you play some old Rolling Stones or sixties music and you're, you're pretty much set. But I thought the, the people behind this did a really good job of uh, doing a, a bit of a fan service to 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 us because I, I hope people who were fans like ah it's not the Sopranos I wanted. It's like, ah, they were making it for you still. Like I still thought they they delivered. Um but yeah. But yeah.
2: Yeah. A couple of like little Easter eggs that like I that stood out to be like they obviously went back to a lot of the spots like the sausage. Uh, sausage factory that they have in the series. They, right. they they use that as like their front. The Bada Bing Club wasn't around yet. Yeah, so not, yet, not yet.
3: Yeah, no family um, friends.
2: One of the guys they mentioned, I think it was in the beginning of the movie. Like Harold has mentioned that, like uh, I think he was chasing somebody who like didn't give him the money, and the guy's name was Leon Overall, which is interesting because in The Sopranos they have a flashback of Tony Soprano's first murder, and it was a guy named Willie Overall. So I wonder if there's any like sort of connection between mm-hmm. the two having the same last name. So things like that stood out to me, but just seeing like a lot of like the, the similar, um, places that they went through in the show and kind of like went back to, it was definitely something that kind of, st- you know, brought the nostalgia out of the movie for me.
3: Yeah. It makes you want to watch the show back again. That's at least exactly Cherry. what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. I feel Cherry like I'm going to have to go and, and watch it. Yeah, definitely. The the Christopher, uh, Pine Barons episode over that one's called that one's great. Uh, Sino, where can people hear you on some other shows? Because you've been doing a lot here on this feed.
2: Yeah, by the time you hear this, this should be episode seven of Turning Heels. It's the second to last episode before the uh, season finale or series finale. We're not sure yet if the show's even going to get renewed for a second season for Heels. So check me out, Me and B Detroit, uh, Shy in the Dark every Wednesday. Uh, I got my reports on com, talking about impact wrestling and MOW weekly, as well as any weekend shows that they might do. Like I know impact has a uh, knockouts pay-per-view that's coming up this weekend. So check me out on that. And uh, who knows, I might pop up here or there on your favorite up next or post wrestling podcast.
3: Yeah. I mean, you're doing so much. I mean, shot in the dark on this feed is 15 minutes, but you cover all this wrestling that other people might not watch. So if you want to know what's going on, definitely listen to it. Some, some say you can make a cup of tea, make a coffee, All in under 15 minutes. You could be caught up on all the wrestling you don't watch. Uh, And turning heels, I'm a little behind because I'm behind on heels. But every time I watched, I would listen back. And you guys have been killing it. Shout out you and B Detroit. And I know that um, you guys, maybe you like listening to us review movies and other things like non-wrestling. And you can do more of that on our Patreon, patreon.com slash up next. For only five bucks a month, North American Tier gets you over 350 past podcasts, the retro NXT reviews, best match ever, reviews from the six. We got some new ones coming out this month, including some crazy Halloween movies like Exorcist or uh, what are we doing? We're doing, I think, Child's Play at some point, something something like that. Yeah, we're going to be doing Child's Twilight, Play as well. Twilight
2: Zone, right? Twilight there. Zone. Exorcist.
3: We're going to be doing some Halloween Havoc 96 from WCW all sorts of stuff. And we're also going to be doing Spectre 007 because uh, No Time to Die is coming out this week. So that's what we'll be doing. Uh, All these and more, only five bucks for North American tier. And I'm sure we'll be talking with you, Sino, for one of these horror movie. I think we're going to have you on for, uh, uh, what is it, Child's Play, Chucky?
2: Yeah, whenever Some you have a, a movie of a small, short killer running around, I feel like I always get the phone call. Like, hey, leprechaun, leprechaun, child's play. Like, yeah, sure. I'll come on talking about little short murders.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, and of course,
3: every Tuesday night, Wednesday night, we do Up Next and we do BD Elite. Me and Davey will be chatting and join us in the Twitch rooms as well, because that's always fun. The chat is always always fire and of course the socials at up next podcast twitter instagram for everything shows updates everything all the likes all the rts they are appreciated we hope you liked me and cena chatting all about the sopranos and the many saints of newark and uh yeah we'll be back in your ears uh very very soon but thank you john for hanging around hey oh the gabagool the gabagool uh, take care everybody. I myself, Braden Harrington. You can find me Twitter, Instagram. I'm at the Bray D. What about you? What's your, what's your thing?
2: C-N-O-E-V-I-L on all social media platforms. If they are up and running at this point, we're not sure yet.
3: Oh yeah. yes. Yeah. Social media was in a craze today. Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, they were all taken down. So where am I supposed to get my views on life? Where am I supposed to get my medical advice and my, all my information that is totally right? What am I going to do?
2: twitter Uh, twitter yeah
3: iwc on twitter though is a scary place too yeah Uh, thank you guys for listening take care goodbye be safe and as tony soprano once said even a broken clock is right twice a day
2: your sister's cunt (laughs) (laughs) hey oh hey oh